0: Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO, and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox welcome listeners to the CEO secrets for executing strategy podcast the CEO secrets for executing strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain profitability and grow their companies I'm Wayne Washington founder and CEO of grow company profits all of my ceo guests successfully operate companies with annual revenues in excess of three million dollars today my guest is paul barron the founder and ceo of the wall printer paul's company the wall printer can be found on the web at www.thewallprinter.com paul i am so happy you're here joining me today thank you for being here
1: and thank you, Wayne. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and get to know your audience a little better and they me.
0: Okay. Well, how do I, how I try to, to start things off? And I'll, I'll call it your starter story. How, how did the wall printer get started? What, what Where did the idea come from? Uh, why, how'd you do it? Why'd you start it?
1: Well, uh, not the simplest question to answer. Um, okay. But of course, I, I could go with Paul was born at a very young age and you go from there. Um, but And allow that my... Uh, preceding um, businesses, which are uh, about 10 to 12 fold across various industries and products and services. Um, But the wall printer is really the culmination today of um, a history of taking innovative products and helping these companies, usually foreign companies. And when I say foreign, depending on your audience, I'm talking about non-US based companies that have a product or a service or a technology, could be software, could be something like a baby bottle, it could be um, navigation communications technology, Uh, could be a self-service dog wash machine. These are all products that I've taken from uh, Russian, Austrian, Israeli, Chinese, um, Australian companies, and marketed them here in the United States to help those companies identify their high value customers, audiences, strategic partners, vendors, manufacturing sources, and then helping them achieve either financial growth through sales or an exit or a strategic partnership. So that's what I've done pretty much for the past four decades. I have owned several of my own small businesses and across restaurants, software, um, consumer packaged goods, and other products. Um, And as I mentioned, I like to characterize myself as industry and product and service agnostic. Um, I've learned early on uh, what hats I like to wear and what hats I don't like to wear. <laughs> I think that's a critical um, self-awareness, if you will, for any CEO or any founder or anybody with an idea that wants to create a company in order to be successful. Um, somebody asked me a long time ago, Wayne, You know, what's the definition of a great CEO or a great leader? And while I don't profess to be one, um, I will say that my definition of that is somebody who's smart enough, to hire the best qualified people to do the jobs that are needed, but then wise enough to back off and let them do it. Um, And so uh, I learned early on that I did not like managing people so much, even though I've got a company that's grown to more than 15 people in a, a very short period of time of less than two years. Okay. Um where we have grown to your criteria of an excess of 3 million dollars in revenue at a time in covid when nobody really knows what a wall printer is nobody's ever seen this technology and we can get more into that if you want to. Okay. Um well, but
0: no, no, I I do want to get more more into that a little bit because you know when when did you start at the wall printer when you know you, it's a culmination of a lot of ideas over the years when did you really launch launch the concept?
1: So So uh, again, I'll precede it by stating that most of those experiences I quickly described to you and your audience have been as a hired gun for companies who saw my track record in terms of what I described and then brought me on as a commissioned or salaried salesperson, business development executive um, in that area. And so uh, that's how I performed. I retired several times over the years. Um, I don't know if we have video or not on your podcast, but i'm I'm seventy years old. Um, I like to think I'm still active and still interested in waking up tomorrow and doing something creative and and uh, that that will take advantage of my energy um, and passion um, and uh, and so after several retirements, I said, if I'm ever gonna do this again uh, and this being launching a product, growing a company, I'm going to do it for myself, not for another company. Okay. and so uh, so I was sitting idly by in 2019, doing that research that I always do, trying to find something innovative, something interesting to me, and a company who maybe needed um, some growth and needed to to find those uh, that audience that I specialized in, but from a different perspective. This time I did it by looking for a product or service or technology that I would own, that I could either patent or do something with that would that would be my own in my own company, and so. Um, I was actually approached by a competitor in 2019 um, with a wall print, a vertical printing machine, which is the generic term um, for this technology of being able to take any digital art image and put it onto a wall, um, indoors, outdoors, any surface at all, any size at all. Um, and it is a machine that enables that, um, uh, that service uh, of so applying digital time. art to walls.
0: Let me ask you a question. Let me get a little clarification there. So it's actually put directly onto the wall. So it's not put on canvas or paper or material. Okay.
1: Great, great question and great, great reaction to what I just said. Um, The vertical printing machine can print on any vertical surface. If you want to print on canvas or paper or sheet metal or wood, you can do that. Or plastic. But or glass, you can, it, it'll print on any surface, and you can, that surface could actually be the wall, or it could be something you apply to a wall, like okay. a piece of paper or a canvas, and then print on that. So, okay. yes, it does offer that type of signage or artwork uh, that's movable and, and can then be hung on a wall, um, if you will. And well, so, but it will print directly to walls as well.
0: Why, why did you see a need for that? I know you are approached by a competitor. Uh, why did you see a market opening that you could make this work?
1: Well, first off, the first, the first response to how you asked that question mm-hmm. and how you phrased it, Wayne, is that no business should ever be formed, no idea should be pursued if it doesn't solve a problem. Right. Um, so uh, if you have a product and a service, it may be the greatest idea in the world, but if it's not the better mousetrap or not something that people want and it won't solve some problem, uh, you're really not going to find much traction. In the marketplace so um so art is something everybody wants um it's it's whether you talk about outside of buildings in in inner city city beautification projects or you talk about people's homes or schools or hospitals or medical offices everybody puts art on walls even your logo that's on the wall behind you um again i i don't know if you're doing video or just audio yes i um, am So, so I have got a picture of a wall print on a concrete wall, which my factory and warehouse here in Wilmington, North Carolina has uh, this cinder block construction. And so that's a painted cinder block wall behind me that my office staff wasn't nice enough to give me a window in my office. So I had to go ahead and wall paint one. And that's what's behind me. And so, uh, so everybody most people, I won't say everybody, most people want some type of beautification in their environment, uh, whether it's a landscape scene, a beach scene, whether it's their kids on the wall, whether or not it's their company logo um, or or something they would like on the wall. And in fact, we also now have floor printers too. Um, so to answer your question in my typical long-winded way, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I thought that this was a need that really was today only being satisfied by very few resources, a muralist who would hand paint an image, um, somebody who a print shop who would do a, um, a vinyl sticker. Now, we don't do vehicle wraps and curved surfaces. We only do vertical wall surfaces okay. or like you asked about, you know, canvas or paper or something like that that can be put up against the wall to be printed on. Uh, but the people, if you want artwork, you're going to go out and buy a painting a frame painting and put it on the wall. You're going to paint the wall. You're going to get a vinyl sticker of something, um, and stick it up on the wall. And you know that's about it. Uh, you know that's that's the way to put art on the wall. So there's no lacking walls. Um, there's no lacking restaurants or or residences or again, as I said, schools, hospitals, event spaces, all these kinds of things. And some of them have a need to change these things out very often. So an investment in something like a vinyl sticker that gets adhered to a wall uh, is not as easily removed or or done over with a new picture Um, as a wall painting. All you have to do, if I wanna change this out, and this is about the fifth image I put on my wall, Mm -hmm. if I wanna change this out, I just primer over the wall and I paint an, I paint a new wall image, a new wall print with our machines. Okay. So, uh, so it, it solved some problems that I thought were out there, and it also just filled, um, if not a void per se, it filled a need to just have another way to put artwork on walls. And I thought there'd be a market for this. Now,
0: I'm quite sure there, there you have competition out there. Well, you said you were, you were approached by a competitor, but you decided so, you, you, you decided, to, you decided to, to, to take the leap and go do it for yourself. In that that first uh, five or six months, Paul, help my audience understand some of the hurdles. I mean, you've been in business before. You've run businesses before. But help my audience understand some of the hurdles and obstacles you ran into and how you got over them.
1: Well, not the least of which was my wife oh, okay. uh, so, so, and and most people if you' if anybody in your audience is in sales and people say well let me go ask my wife about that before I go ahead and take make the commitment you know wow. that's the, that's the first obstacle and and why I bring that up in answer to your question um, is that so in 2019 when I was approached by a competitive company of mine a German company that has an excellent product um, okay. and it was and it was something that I had never seen before and so when I looked at it um, even though I'm always searching for things, this is something that never came across my desk and they approached me because of my background, um, in the industry uh, of doing what I described earlier. And they okay. said, "Would I take their product to market in the United States. And it was, um, it was actually a distributor of theirs based in Canada that asked me if I would do, go ahead and launch the product here in the United States and help okay. them find the audience and grow this. And, and I, and then once again, they wanted me to buy, be a hired gun for them. And, uh, and I, I said, no, that, that's not what I'm looking for now at this time. And our, our negotiations, so to speak, as brief as they were, broke down very quickly um, by my lack of interest in, in going to work for somebody else and, uh, and doing that. But I did hang up the phone or get off the zoom call, whatever it was at the time. And I said, boy, that's a pretty cool machine. And I think of myself as a capitalist, um, maybe capitalist isn't as good a word as a consumer who, if I can afford something and if I see a need for it, I may go ahead and buy it if I can, if it means that much to me. And so, but here's something I'd never seen before. So my first call was to my wife and I said, Hey, honey, Maureen, come and take a look at this. Now, When she hears me call from my home office to her in another part of the house and say, honey, come take a look at this. Rather than come take a look at this, she goes and cuts up my credit cards and hides the bank account Um, (laughs) because she says, oh, here we go again. And so uh, but this time she did come take a look. She saw what I saw and she was all in. And at that point, I then proceeded to the next step, which was, well, why haven't I seen this before? Who else is doing this? Now, no disrespect to anybody in your audience um, of German heritage. Um, I drive a BMW. I cook with Henkel knives. um, I value a well-engineered product. But just because something says made in Germany, I found out with the wall printer does not mean it's worth twice the cost of something else that might be comparable or, in fact, even more feature rich. So I did my homework and I found out, in fact... The reason I hadn't seen this before was because there were only five manufacturers worldwide of this technology. Okay. The German was one. There were two Chinese companies. There was an Australian company and an Indian company. Okay. And that was it. And none of those companies had come across the pond, so to speak. They hadn't come across the Atlantic and Pacific out of Europe, Asia, the middle East, Australia, to come and find their audiences in the United States. And I learned the reason for that is, is because these products do require Um, inks and support and parts and training and everything else that none of these companies were prepared to do um, and take on. The technology, though, is not new. The oldest company in the business, the originator of the technology, was a Chinese company, um, and they were the oldest one in the business. They had about 500 customers at the time, um, primarily, as I said, in Asia, a little bit in Europe, a little bit in the Middle East, um, India. But at the same time, um, none of them had come here. I kicked the tires, so to speak, knocked on the doors, whatever expression you want to use, of all five of these companies. I found out that this original company that owned about 10 patents, none of which were worldwide patents, um, they this Chinese company was the originator of the technology. And out of all the companies, they were the most substantial. I had a company that represents me that go to China, kick the tires, make sure that it wasn't somebody working out of their garage. Because right. if I was right. going to make an investment in a company, one of those hurdles you asked about was scalability. Right. I had a vision for this company, not to, not to buy a wall printer and start wall printing myself. I wanted to put people in business with a technology that was reliable, that was affordable, that was um, solving the problem that I recognized uh, where there was a a market lacking for something like this, and then being able to support their growth so that they would buy more printers, more inks, more parts as needed as their businesses grew. This isn't a franchise. I'll tell you and your audience, we don't dictate um, any kind of, uh, marketing or, uh, people don't have to call themselves the wall printer. If you're in business in Chicago, you could be the Cook County wall printer. Um, you know, you could be the uh, wall printer of Peoria. Um, I don't, I don't care what you call yourself. We actually put that on the printer and customize the printers for your own business with your website and your email address and your, and your contact information, um, because it's your business. And so, so that again, backing up to, uh, you know, to the challenges and the hurdles, um, you know, the first was to find a company that number one would be able to realize my vision and strategy for scalability. Okay. Um, they really, this was, this was the only company that could reliably produce 50 to hundred wall printers a month. Okay. Um, and, and that's my vision for this company. In fact, in the first two years, we now have 75 businesses that we've created for other people with wall printers and now floor printers as well. And so that's in the time when the first seven months of 2020, when I opened this business in November of 2019, in the first seven months, we all know what happened. COVID came about here. I was um, much to my wife's, I told you so's that's that that I was sitting there with a product that nobody's ever seen. Nobody's ever heard about. Um, Nobody could travel to Wilmington, North Carolina to come see it. Um, And so I said, well, I love it and I'm all in. And I think that something is going to happen that people are going to go ahead and be able to envision, envision this and see this. So I'm going to market it. I'm going to go using social media. Ch- uh, th- my biggest challenge was letting people become aware of this and then mm-hmm. building my team to support it. So in fact, when COVID, as horrible as it was and continues to be, Um, And prayers go out to anybody affected by it in a negative way. I, my story is the exact opposite. Um, I invested in this company. I invested in the people. I grew my, my team um, for support, for sales, for marketing. Uh, We began introducing videos and images of this and across social media channels um, to find out the biggest question, who wants it? Uh, Who will pay for it? Um, We didn't know that either. Um, because the Asian market and the European markets are very different than our market. And so even though I have experience with that, I still, this is a brand new product and technology that nobody's ever known and seen. So we spent a good seven, eight months of 2020, just doing that type of market research and exploration. Um, Then all of a sudden things started opening up and people mostly on the East coast would come to Wilmington to make an appointment with us to take a look at the machine, to see that it and my company was real and that there was something that we could offer. We put in place during those seven or eight months of 2020 um, uh, manufacturing of our own inks, uh, which is the single most important component of the machine beyond the machine itself. Um, There were American components. We applied for patents. I am a co-inventor along with the Chinese manufacturer. Um, which is also a very unusual thing for somebody to be able to accomplish, which is to be a co-inventor with a Chinese partner um, on, on this, but our relationship has only strengthened over the more than a little bit more than two years that we've been together. Um, I now own, I started out with just the United States and Canada. I now own all of North and South America. We have on the 75 wall printing businesses we put in place. This is throughout um, everything from Ecuador, Chile, um, Panama, Mexico, um canada we're in every province in canada and we're in about 50 locations in across the united states and so can i uh, I
0: jump in here for a second paul
1: please stop me anytime no
0: i i want to you know you didn't just go to 75 businesses overnight i mean you 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 didn't just you didn't just get a patent overnight You, you didn't just get the manufacturing agreement with the chinese company overnight you know you had to have some obstacles and hurdles as you do that as I sit here and listen to you, it sounds like it's a smooth ride.
1: It was an easy transition. You know what I mean? And Anything I, but. Yeah,
0: I know that's not the case. So yeah, help me understand. I mean, I have CEOs out here who are trying to grow their businesses and they're struggling. They're just struggling to execute their, their their product, their project successfully. You had you talked about eight or nine different projects as we just as I listened to you, but they seemed to all work. You found some kind of way to execute them successfully. You found a way to do success. To consistently meet your goals. How did you do that?
1: Well, first off Wayne, you're absolutely right. It was not a smooth ride. It was not a straight line between two points from start to today. Um, while we are selling about one to two new territories because we do provide exclusive territories for people to grow their business. That was my original vision for the business model. Um, and that, that is held to today. Okay. Um, but the support of the products, um, learning how to use these products, learning how to use these machines. That probably was the biggest hurdle because for my com- for my customers to be successful, they're going to go through the same learning curve we did when we first got a machine that nobody's ever seen or heard about. It's one thing to say you want to put artwork on somebody's wall and you want to find that residence or that restaurant or that school that wants to have that artwork. That's the easy part. And that's what I tell my customers. I said, "Don't don't be so enthralled with the technology that you think you're going to be an overnight success and you're going to have customers lining up. And in fact, you don't want to have customers lining up because that is the easy part. The hard part is being confident and capable of using the technology and using the machines to deliver on the expectations and experience the customer wants in that delivery. And so our journey did not go that straight line. Okay. We we went through, um, I learned about inks, that things that, look, I'll, I'll back up by saying, when I was in the restaurant business, which was a 12 year stint back in another part of my life, okay. um, I was in it for the real estate. I had a partner who was the food guy, okay. um, but I, I was in it for the real estate of the restaurant. But as soon as I got into the business, I wanted to learn how to cook. I wanted to learn how to 10 bar. I wanted to learn how to wash dishes. I didn't want anybody to know what, I couldn't do or didn't know myself. Okay. So um, I think that's a very important hurdle for anybody who's going to be a CEO of a company, any kind of a leadership position, or a founder of a company. You have to be prepared. Um, you know, sure, I'm not the computer programmer. I wasn't the chef of the company. I wasn't the bartender. I wasn't the, the di- dishwasher or the waiter. Um, but all of those, all of those needs of the company are there. And if you're going to be a good leader, you've got to take that ride. You've got to understand it. You know, I know enough about technology that I won't get thrown out of a room of programmers when I say, look, this is what we need to accomplish. And somebody says, oh, that's going to take $500,000 and it's going to take 10 months to deliver. And I know it's really going to take about $20,000 and you could do that in two weeks. Um, you know, you have to have. Those are extreme examples, perhaps, but you have to have the confidence and the knowledge and the experience of being able to have those conversations and be in that environment. So, so I I went out because I thought this was a really cool technology that nobody's ever seen or heard about. But when I got them, I realized this is a cool technology that I don't know anything about. <laughs> and so we so we have to. I had to find people who understood printing technology, understood inks, understood. Um, technology generally, um, and, and then, you know, figure out how to use service, take apart, put back together, um, what parts were um, parts that were consumable products that may fail in a short amount of time, um, what is the genuine longevity of other products, um, you know, be able to, again, supply our customers with both the knowledge and the materials that they needed to be successful. So that that was not an easy ride. That took uh, that took, and in fact, that still goes on today. Uh, we just created a brand new formulation of inks for our um, through chemical analysis and everything else in conjunction with our Chinese partner. But I manufacture these here in the United States with with ink manufacturers that I've identified um, that are able to respond to me and respond to these machines and the and deliver on problems that we found existed in these machines over the course of the of the two years that I've been doing it. And the relationship, as I mentioned, with the manufacturing partner in China has been so good that we have, we have grown so quickly that we are learning more about the customer service and support and technical issues that we've passed that through to them. And they've made changes as well in design and in product. And well, so you,
0: you, said a, you said a mouthful there and, <laughs> and I want to I want to dive into something that, uh, a little bit you, your support staff your customer service staff I mean, you went out and did a lot of homework you went you went out and found inks you you learn processes you learn technology, you, you learn how to take that product and make it work in the United States. But all that knowledge was in your head, how did you transfer that to your staff, I mean you you hired people you built a staff you created a culture. That's what I'm going to learn a little bit more about you know how did how, you make all that work, so your staff and you will function as one how you, do you guys do that
1: well. It's, it's also not an easy um, direct path to achieve those types of, of goals that every company should have, to have some type of a, you use a word that sometimes is overused, but I think is extremely meaningful in terms of the culture that you create. Mm-hmm. You know, me, even though I was enamored by the technology, it was all about what can that technology do for somebody else? And that's somebody else would be the customer who's going to buy it and create a business for themselves or has an existing business like a painter or a general contractor or an artist or a muralist who could see this as a tool to to add revenue and expand their existing customer base with new solutions um, or to do it quicker or more reliably than otherwise they might. Um, and and then and startups, people who um, are coming out of COVID. Another reason COVID was very good to us was that there were people for, and still are, people who were either laid off or working remotely um, for months of, and or years um, since this began in 2020. And so they had time to rethink their own lives. Do they want to go back to work nine to five and commute to an office? Do they want to take more control of their own lives and have a business, something that they can either create or 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 utilize, you know, some people will go out and maybe buy a Dunkin' Donuts or something, a franchise. Other people will want to do something totally innovative, and some people will want, you know, something hopefully like a wall printing business. Uh-huh. And so, being able to uh, identify those people and then nurture that their success with the team and facilities to support that is what my goal was from the very beginning. And and so, in order to do that. Once again, I had to find those people. I had to create that culture that they were also focused on the customer's success. And in so doing so, one of the things I do is I believe everybody should be rewarded. If the if the business achieves its goals financially, everybody else should be rewarded financially. Um, I'm extremely proud that my first hire in this business was... Um, was a young man who was an intern of mine for two other prior businesses. Uh-huh. And he, he was a social media um, expert of sorts at his young age um, coming out of college. Um, but he was, a, uh, he, he himself had tens of thousands of followers on his social media channels because of what he does in his spare time. And, and that interested me in terms of in- introducing a new technology. So I hired him as my first hire. Well, fast forward two years, this 23 year old kid just put down a, uh, deposit and got an offer accepted for 300,000 plus house. Um, and, and nothing could make me prouder that I've been able to create a team that supports one another that has grown because they all share in the success that we achieve here. Um, so, so that's part of the answer to your question and, okay. you know, in, in what I've done to, to help people understand, and there's frustrations along the road. Once again, it was new technology. We were learning as we were going. And so we, we realized that there were limitations to what the machines can do and not to do. And we're still every day now, um, even though we are gaining one to two new customers every week, we are, in fact, always challenged with setting expectations appropriately for putting artwork onto walls and maybe not being able to see the, the fact that these are Phillips screws in the, in the hinges on this painting, because that's not the purpose. It's not to be photo quality. It's supposed to be artwork. It's supposed okay. to be something to be viewed at a distance, not to be scrutinized, and for somebody to say, oh, there's a little mistake there, or I can't see the eyes on these seagulls flying overhead. You know, That's setting expectations, and we found early on that we went after a market that was totally wrong. First, we said printers and signage people were gonna be the ones to be bowled over by this. Um, we, and we landed some early customers, all of which were dissatisfied because it did not produce the same quality print that their $150,000 um, flatbed printers could produce on a poster board or a piece of okay. vinyl. Um, and, and we had to reset their expectations as well as our customers, uh, meaning their customers, uh-huh. uh, as to what the finished product is going to look like and what it's going to do for you. Um, and once that was done, people became really happy. Um, we just did a, a, a anyway, I, I could go on with different examples and provide videos of testimonials. People could see that on the website, thewallprinter.com, as you pointed out earlier. Um, but but again, all of these learning curves, um, and it's ongoing. Um, you know, we designed a whole new version of the printer in the two years that I've been on board, even though the company's been in business 10 years, we we saw we saw a need for improvements in printing outdoors in different weather conditions. Okay. Um, you know, we, we deal with customers in Canada where it's minus 30 degrees to people in Panama where it's 130 degrees. And, and how to how to overcome different challenges. You know, it's easy to say, well, if it's too hot or it's raining, don't print. You know, go find an indoor job where it's a nice 72 degrees inside somebody's home or restaurant before and print. And, mm-hmm. and that's the easy way out with these printers. Once again, no lacking walls. You can take jobs indoors on bad days, do, do jobs outdoors on nice days. Um,
0: let's, 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 let's talk about where you're heading. You know, you know, one of the initial things you said, you wanted to find a company that that, uh, that you can scale, you can scale your growth. Okay, here it is. You, you started this in 1990, 2019 rather. You, uh, you really did a lot of research and marketing in 2020, and then you started taking off and now you're having one or two customers, new customers a week. How are you going to scale your growth? What what's what's scalable growth look like to you?
1: Well, scale, and that's a great question because let's talk about one of the challenges that any growing company is going to have, and that's financial. Financial um, can be something when you're not successful, but I think financial requirements are even more of an more of a necessity, and perhaps more of a challenge when you are successful. Mm-hmm. So here, I've grown into a profitable company in my second year in business. Um, but that profit has not, because I am only two years in business, that profitability has not enamored me to banks and others that, um, that can answer the question you just asked, what do I see as my scalability? So when I created this business, I look. let's just look at the United States, even though I own all of North and South America, let's look at the United States and its 300 million population. Hopefully when the dust settles on COVID, we'll still have 300 million plus people here. Um, But that's, I took 300 million people and I said, and I did this with the research of the benefit of having eight years to 10 years of track record in Asia and Europe of this technology being out there. I knew how a company could grow from owning one wall printer and maybe being a mom and pop to having a few people working for them and growing to have three, four, five wall printing machines out there in a market. And a market I defined as one with about 300,000 people. Well, if a market is 300,000 people, and again, th- you can argue what the market should be, but okay. since I own the company, I can say what it is. Um, so so uh, 300,000 is what I consider a territory. And so in a, com- in a, in a country of 300 million people, that's 1,000 territories, okay. just the simple math. So 1,000 territories. So that's my goal for scalability. And then I backtrack that, you know, when am I going to do that? It might be 10 years from now. It might be five years from now. Um, my five year, I do have targets for each of these uh, as I've given to my salespeople, as well as my support team to be able to support. We started with only one person. Then because of the growth we have, we now have three people on the support team that are responding to the needs of customers. So that we started with nine to five Monday through Friday support. Now we're seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. to accommodate West Coast time zones. Mm-hmm. So we respond in kind to that scalability and to the growth that the opportunity presents both to us and to our customers. Okay. And so that's, um, and, and then of course, can we get that? Now we were challenged by supply chain issues. What used to be 30 to 45 days to get something um, across the ocean from China to Wilmington, North Carolina to come in by boat and then by plane or by truck or by train, um, which was a 45 day process has over the last six months or so turned into a um, 60 to 90 day process. And so being able to anticipate that growth that we've achieved in that one to two a week and having the product here to be able to then get the turnover and revenue that we want, that's a challenge. The other challenge on that is also having the money to be able to buy more product, so to overcome those supply chain issues. Whereas I used to buy four machines a month, now I'm buying 10 machines a month, and that requires more cash outlay on my part. And so having credit lines or having, um, or taking out a loan or, or whatever the, whatever you do, or, or taking in an equity partner, something that I've resisted. And and fortunately, if I want to do the the growth that I think I can do, I'll do it on my own self-funding. But that's not to say that these are the challenges and the questions that any CEO, any leader, any founder has to wrestle with. Um, How fast do you want to grow? What, What resources, whether it be product or people that you need to achieve that growth and support your customers? Um, And then what are the financial needs to be able to go ahead and achieve that? You know, right now, I've got a two-year head start on anybody. So I sit here feeling very comfortable that we've really positioned our company for that growth. But I'm not, I don't have such an ego and I'm not blind to the fact that if people see that I'm successful doing this, somebody else may want to do this. They won't do it with my specific product. Um, They may have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, to be able to compete with me, um, because they won't be able to sell this same product. Um, But at the same time, uh, I'm not blind to the fact that I do need to stay ahead of the curve and capitalize on the growth I've been able to achieve and to, to reach, as you've asked, that scalability.
0: Yeah, and I I, 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 can sit here because I'm fascinated about about the technology. I'm fascinated about how you're approaching it. I mean, you're you're a one man band and building your company, and you could you could build a large company, but I have time limits that I want to keep. up. I want to respect my audience's time, and I try to keep this within a, within a half an hour, which we already exceeded. But uh, what
1: <laughs> I apologize. That's my that's my New York long winded way to respond to everything.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not blaming you, but I, I want to cut it off. Uh, but how can people get a hold of you? How, you? know, What's the best way people get a hold of you?
1: Well, uh, look, if you're motivated in one of two ways, one, you want to learn about the wall printer, go to thewallprinter.com, go to the Contact Us page, complete a form so I have your email address and phone, and we'll be in touch with you with information about the wall printer. If you'd like to just talk with me, um, I'm a mentor at the local university here. Um, I, I'm an advisor of the Cameron School of Business here at the UNCW, uh, University of North Carolina system. Um, I'm always happy to have conversations like this, um, LinkedIn, this is not an advertisement for LinkedIn, but it is an excellent professional network. Um, you could search for Paul Barron, um, B-A-R-O-N is the way that it's spelled. Um, you could find me on LinkedIn and feel free to connect with me. I'm happy to have conversations. Well,
0: that, that is a mouthful again and and i don't mind your 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 new york style of talking even though i'm living in in evansville indiana (laughs) i'm originally born and raised in philadelphia so i i have that east coast background myself but um i need i need to bring it to an end here paul and a lot of the information of of contact information will, will be in the show notes so any of the audience wants to get a hold of paul uh via linkedin or via his website that that will be available But Paul Barron and I would like to thank you, our audience of CEOs, for sticking around for today's CEO to CEO conversation. If you have any questions, I'd really like you to leave some comments. If you you want to leave some comments about our show today or some of the things Paul talked about, please give us a review. We'd love a a review from you and and let us know some of the things you like, some of the things you'd you'd like us to improve. But I do look forward to having future CEOs on the show of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy. And again, we look for CEOs who are successful in what they're doing and are bringing in over annual revenues of $3 million or more. And I want my CEOs to share their secrets of success, just as Paul Barron has done today. So I thank you, audience, and I look forward to talking to you again next week with our next CEO successful guest. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www. Dot CEO secrets hyphen execution.com and apply. If today you learn a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO. Or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO secrets for executing strategy podcasts. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www. Dot CEO secrets hyphenexecution.com We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five-star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.